Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is October 25th, 2012. back to our show. I'm your host, Iggy. I'm co-host, David. I'm co-host, Colin. And uh, we're back. We've got some fun stuff to talk about. I was out of the state last week. <laughs> Trying to think of a good way to intro that, and I can't. Um, so we got some cool things to talk about. Some really recent things that I just saw a minute ago. So uh, Apparently Michael Fassbender is going to be in the no, Assassin's Creed movie. Whoa! Whoa! We never talked about that before. Shut up. We're not talking about Assassin's Creed movie. Because we already talked about the Assassin's Creed movie, so we're not doing yeah. that yet. Yes. Uh, but there's some brand new things that we were going to talk about. So, um, first and foremost, I find this really amusing. Although I fully admit this is not amusing whatsoever for the poor people like involved in this craziness. Um, so, you know, you always thought that one day Zynga would would get its comeuppance for you know stealing other games' ideas, you know, like cloning those games, basically uh, flooding the market with Facebook games and all this you know shit so it's kind of come to a head and it came to a head very quickly (laughs) very fast (laughs) and faster than i thought it would um where i guess uh they're already starting to get rid of entire uh sections of their studios so the zynga boston studio is uh just closed so they're gone right uh, which really sucks for Damn. working there. It sucks for all those guys working there. Yeah, no, no, I mean that's that's the thing. Like, although I hate the company and what it stands for, I fully admit, like, I feel really shitty for the poor employees. You know that you know it's just a job. You know they need money, and those people are the ones that get like booted on their asses. So I hope that they you know are able to recover and find better jobs. Um, and then okay, so the Austin studio is not totally shut down. But they are, quote-unquote, significantly reducing the staff there. Damn. Which is crazy. <laughs> Damn. Um, Damn. Not only that, I think, see, just reading the, these these articles reveals one of the big problems. Because they thought they could get too big too fast. So, like, they already had a Boston and an Austin studio. Not including the one that's in California, the main one. But um, uh, I didn't even realize they had UK and Japan studios. Crazy. Okay. So now they're proposing closures of those two studios, uh, nice. retiring 13 older games, which 13 is already sounds like too many, and yeah. uh, significantly reducing its investment in The Ville, which The Ville is another fucking copied game. So big surprise there. Um, so basically, of, of the workforce, they're saying 5% of the full-time staff is laid off. Now, they're being very careful with this wording because there is a kind of an informal disclaimer that they're not even mentioning the numbers of anybody that was a part-time or contract, you know, non-benefited. So that could be even more people. Actually, for the, for the part-timers, it might be even more than uh, whoever the full-time, whatever that amount is. So we're looking at a crazy number of people just let go. Downsized. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. It's just weird because they they were on this rush for so long, much longer than I actually thought that they would have. 
Because if you think about what they make, it's like, really? <laughs> How is this doing well? <laughs> How are you know the same kind of fucking games that are already on Facebook or you know that they were from smaller groups of uh, developers that they totally like stole and like expanded upon. But uh, and they would always win those disputes or or somehow evade them. Yeah. So I always assumed they would be like you know the big evil Zynga, like they just get away with murder, but apparently not. Damn, well, Karma Chameleon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they be exploded now. They can break out Your head sp- explode. They had exploded. That's, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's not to say, it's not saying that Zynga is just totally done, but they are doing massive, crazy damage control for whatever losses that they've had from... from they had a $50 million loss this quarter. Just this quarter, they had a $50 million something dollar loss. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. You, go. you got to feel, like you said, you got to feel bad for those workers, but I can't feel too bad. Uh... Well, I feel bad for the, you know, the small time, like the, the, just the people, regular workers. But I really yeah. feel bad for the, that upper management that thought that this was ever a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, I think we talked about this a long time ago, how there were a lot of rumors about like really poor treatment from the, you know, the, the top of the top, like acting like they're, you know, the, so amazing, untouchable, and saying really rude things, and also overworking people, and a lot of a lot of questionable rumors about like uh, just general treatment of everybody uh, at these companies. So sure. that doesn't help that situation at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that's shitty for Zynga, but you know, had it coming. I hate to say, yeah, yeah. it is rough. Yeah. Um, speaking of several flash flash oriented game companies are uh, suffering and just shutting down entirely Uh, there's a few independent flash developers that I was friends with that had started their own companies and then uh, since then they've had to reappropriate their complete sort of you know small business strategy now in the wake of flash being declared dead by its own creator wow. and uh so i'm sure that has something to do with <laughs> yeah. but yeah. uh well what's the what's going to be the replacement essentially for flash html5 ah. is a very significant technological step backwards but uh you know i guess it's you know, I guess it's more, you know, it'll eventually be more cross-compatible. Like beta versus VHS or some kind of crap? Well, no, it's just like, you know, HTML5 certainly can't do what Flash could do. And, uh, you know, yet, you know, it's getting there. But uh, it's sort of just like rewinding everything for a while. So So do you think that uh, a lot of these sites are slowly going to just phase out of use? Like, is, is there eventually going to come a day where Flash is just not supported on browsers? Yes, I totally think so, and uh, and I th- and I think even now, like even now, it's considered strange if you're running Flash on your site. You know, it's sort of like what? Like you're still using Flash? Like what? what? Yeah, like what are you thinking? You know, like <laughs> well, you it's... remember back in the day? Actually, some some sites are still guilty of it now. Like they'd have the full splash page. It was just oh, like one oh huge God, flash. Yeah. yeah, and it's a, there's there there's a restaurant sometimes. There's there's a restaurant here that still uses that. 
awesome. I've seen actually restaurant websites still seem to be the worst offenders of that. (laughs) Definitely. Like they'll have, I, what was the, there was a restaurant here in Los Angeles that I had visited recently where they do the thing where it's like, it starts playing a piece of music immediately and the stupid little slideshow of the food. And you're like, there's no skip button. How do I just get to the main? (laughs) Uh, What restaurant? It's like, all I want to know are your hours. I can't remember. It's, it's somewhere near Santa Monica, but I, I don't remember what the restaurant is now. But like it had that the typical, yeah, uh, restaurant Such flash. Is made All in I want to know is when you're open. <laughs> That's the thing. Powers. Most yeah. of these guys, some of them will be a little less bad and at least have a skip button, so it goes to kind of their main page right afterwards. Yeah, but the like, thing that sucks about that is that I use an iPhone, and if if their website's in flash, I can't I can't see it at all. It's right. like I can't even look up their hours at all. That, that's the biggest pain. Is that there's there's a faux place, and I have a and I have a penchant for forgetting what their hours are, and I can't even look them up because you know if I'm out and about, and I'm gonna go, I want some faux. Well, I can't even look up their hours. <laughs> some faux. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this is sort of why. I mean, and this is sort of turning into a commercial for things that it shouldn't. But <laughs> this is why I'm glad Yelp exists because Yelp is sort of like the Facebook of food, you know, where it's like a, a condensed, very concise version of all the information that you need in a well-designed, well-accessible area, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like now, people don't even go to the restaurant websites anymore. They just slam onto Yelp, and they're just like, well. It's got all the information I need, you know, and I don't have to worry about any of the bull crap. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I yeah. just, uh, I mean, there's so many good things that you know when Flash is used well, uh, but I don't know. I, I guess you can't fight that tide, you know. Like if everybody's going to HTML5, yeah. what are you really going to do? <laughs> well, when Adobe itself says no more Flash, then you know. Yeah. That. So. Well, I mean. At least uh, in terms of browsers and stuff, I guess it's dead. But I would think at least in terms of animation and stuff that people will probably still be using it. But maybe not but, for... Yeah, but like for what? Like where would they... What are they going to use to, you know, maybe to like prototype something? But like... Or, or like, you know, how some people would still do even on YouTube or just, you know, rendered out. Like you would animate in Flash. Uh, you know what I mean? Like not, not as a... Um, a browser-based thing, but just yeah. for the sake of like making a cartoon. Yeah. Like instead of using Toon Boom or whatever other uh, 2D kind of animation software is out there, sure. some yeah. people still use Flash. Yeah, that's true. So you just wouldn't be able to put it on a website in the same way. You'd probably put it on like a YouTube uh, type video yeah. or something else like that. That's as, true. As yeah. opposed to its native format. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that that's really crazy. Huh. Um, hey, speaking of uh, no more Flash and. Uh, browser incompatibility shite we should probably briefly mention the big uh announcement from apple this week that's got new some some new ipads come in so ipad uh, 4 right we talked about this briefly before the show yeah a a surprising announcement there was there's a few surprises in the keynote on tuesday but uh one of the biggest ones was ipad 4 which was sort of unexpected and uh this is a pretty quick Upgrade. Um, the iPad 3, um, also just known as iPad Retina, is uh, <laughs> was announced in uh, was well was released officially in March of just this year. And now, um, 
you know, they're announcing it. You know, maybe it's just a thing where they had this special event and they wanted to use it as a platform to sort of get invest. I mean, most of the special event stuff is for the investors, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Apple is now, like, by far the biggest stock, like, in history. And um, they, part of their, you know, part of their need, part of their corporate strategy, what they need to do is they need to announce new products. And um, so, you know, they use this, this, uh, this iPad mini platform to sort of announce the iPad 4, which no release date announced. And we, I was saying to Iggy before we began that, uh, you know, it, since they didn't say release date, that leads me to believe that it's not going to come out until next year sometime. Um, they just released the specs and sort of the price, mm. which is also strange. Like they, well, I mean, I guess if they're not going to give the release date, they might as well at least give the price. But, um, but, uh, and also to probably just test the waters and see, you know, like what that feels like. But, uh, but yeah, I guess it's going to have the uh, the new A6X chip in it. So, which is funny, by the way. Uh, me, I was I watched the whole the entire keynote with a friend of mine who's very anti Apple, and um, um, although he was sort of rolling his eyes at most of it, there is one part that was particularly funny that both of us picked up on. And for anybody who watched the keynote, there's a really funny part where. I mean, the whole reason that people tuned into this event was to was for the iPad Mini, mm -hmm. and um, there's a, so the way in which they sort of tease into it is they do you know they're like by the way iPad Four you know and it's like and uh, what's his name uh, God I can't oh Phil Schiller he makes some comment where he's like performance it's gonna have the A6X chip in it he's like dude this thing's so fast it makes makes the A5 chip just, I, I can't even look in the rearview mirror. It's so, you know, this one's <laughs> asked by comparison. Like, he said that, like, pretty much just, like, you know, shit-talking his own technology. And then uh, and then it's like, so what else can we do to bring the, you know, iPad experience in the hands of more users? Well, you guessed it, iPad mini. And it's like, cool, and everybody's sort of cool. And then, and then he goes on to compare it to the iPad 2, because essentially it is a miniaturized iPad 2. And mm. he's like, let's talk about performance. Well, it's got the, the A5X chip. And it's like, buh, didn't you just finish saying that? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it was almost, no, it's And he's like, it's got that A5X chip. Pretty cool, guys. You know, so dumb. <laughs> so are they, are they basically trying to bite back at uh Amazon and other companies that are doing. I I heard. Um, I think it was on the radio. They were saying that Amazon, you know, the Kindle, and, and a lot of those smaller iPad type uh, sure. peripherals, like they're they're doing well because they're small enough for people to kind of take on the go, and they're not. Because some people are actually a little turned off by the regular iPads, like yeah. big size. Yeah, it's giant. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, my, my dad brought it when we went to Seattle because he has one. And it's like every time he would bring it up to take a picture of something, it would look so obnoxious. Because it's, like, <laughs> it's like you're aiming a binder at somebody. Yeah, it's just like, come on, guy. <laughs> like It's such a stupid thing. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I would say that Apple is specifically – I don't know if they're really concerned about the Kindle Fire because the Kindle Fire is sort of its own I – mean, I mean, there's no doubt that the Kindle Fire is trying to take like – a small stab at the iPad, but I don't think that it's trying to head-on compete with it. I think that it is, 
it really has its own little niche where it's like, yeah, we can sort of play HD movies, but with this thing in, you know, in the end, it's a, it's a Kindle. It's a Kindle with expanded capabilities, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what it's really taking a shot at is the Nexus 7. And the in the keynote, he even... You know, my friend who was watching it, who's a big Nexus fan, he was like, dude, he's like, a Nexus 7, though, could kick the shit out of this thing. And uh, and, I, and he's like, it's surprising that they don't compare it. And then, like, within a few minutes, they started to compare it. And they were like, well, let's just see. How does the iPad mini stack up against, uh, I don't know, the Nexus 7, you know? <laughs> and uh, they bring the two up, and they start sort of comparing them side by side. But... Uh, so I think that's what it's really going after because the Nexus 7 is like really killer hardware and it's sort of trying to corner the tablet market right now. So mm-hmm. although, you know, my friend was pointing out, he's like, he's like, dude, look at this keynote. Like, it's like they are focusing everything on this, on the display. Like, and that's true. Like the whole keynote basically was, was only showcasing the display and it, you know, like Apple's been, Apple's very smart in all of their keynotes about highlighting exactly what they're best at, you know, and they, they were super experts at it this time where it was like, they're like, dude, we've got this, you know, this resolution display. It's really awesome. And it's a 7.9 inch screen, which is giant. And, uh, and they start saying like, well, look, look how awesome it looks when you browse the web on the iPad mini versus the Nexus seven. And they started showing all these screenshots and, uh, but my friend was like, yeah, maybe some of that is true, but, you know, and then he starts saying, like, but the Nexus 7 is like a quad-core processor. It's got hmm. tons of RAM. It's it, it can totally destroy the iPad in terms of performance, you know. So, really, the only thing that the Mini has, well, it's got two things, and the website makes a good, you know, does a good job displaying this, is, like, the people, the reason people are going to buy the iPad is because it's part of the Apple ecosystem, you know. Right. And, that's the big thing. And we were saying before the show how, like, there's already this sort of built-in audience of, like, people who are playing games on the iPad iPad, and on, like, maybe their phone. But, um, you know, you get, like, all that is, like, 250,000 apps or something. And then uh, the other big thing that it has is the, is the cameras. Like, it's got the best cameras of, like, any tablet, basically. And because uh, that was sort of the big announcement with before where it was like well dude we got like hd facetime camera in the front and the back you know and uh like has that so hmm. this is this discussion's gone on <laughs> far longer than i no, thought I, I find that interesting though because it's like i still haven't kind of gone into the whole tablet side of things like i haven't taken the plunge right um maybe a nexus 7 would be a better choice but i'm, I'm curious what the ipad is going to do to try to combat that but uh, so nexus 7 is clearly like they're just doing like an homage to to blade runner right what do you mean nexus 6 oh no? well <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know about that i mean i think nexus has the the name has been inside of that like android family for a while now and oh, it's really? just so they actually had like a nexus 6 i think so yeah <laughs> that's uh, gotta be I mean that that seems like too much of a coincidence <laughs> I think it might just be a coincidence <laughs> but, uh, Nexus um, is a pretty generic name yeah exactly I guess I wish I could find like I, I wish I could ask somebody responsible like hey did you realize like is this maybe like a subconscious 
thing. Like, oh, I really like Blade Runner. Oh, let's, let's just name my next tablet. Nexus. I mean, next, yeah, Nexus is a pretty ubiquitous, like, you know, technology term, basically. And, and an idea, well, not necessarily technology term, but the idea of, like, something, something that can be everywhere. You know what I mean? And uh, it's, like, a perfect name for, like, a device like that. Like a nomad, you know, to call a device mm-hmm. a nomad. But uh, but it's in terms of the market, you know, like when I think of the two, the two trying to compete with each other, I sort of am reminded of like Nintendo versus like Sony or anything else, and how like people who are going to buy the iPad Mini are people who are dedicated to that ecosystem mostly. You know what I mean? And uh, sort of like with the Nintendo, like there's always going to be Nintendo fans who are always going to play Nintendo games, and like those people are going to buy like a Wii U. And uh, and I think the same thing about this. Like people who want like power are going to go out and get a PS3 or PS4, you know. Right. And uh, and you know I think those are the people that will like go out and get the Nexus because they know they're looking for performance and they're looking for sp- uh, certain sort of, sort of more open features, you know. See, that's the thing. Like I would probably end up falling into that c- category because I just get really turned off sometimes about how uh, restrictive uh, Apple Clips can be about. Just, yeah. Yeah. And I don't like that. My my instinctive like knee jerk reaction is to get something that's immediately the opposite <laughs> of that. That's just me. Some people like. I mean, right. like for example, I don't even use iTunes really for my main music. You know, I, I still am oh, kind man. of. I know. I know. I know. It. it you know, everyone loves it. Yeah, I just. I'm, it's. An, I I use it because of, uh, and that's more of an ecosystem thing for me as well. Like I have, you know, I have like several. Um, devices that are all Apple devices, and I'm I'm not even like a big Mac guy, but like, uh, you know, like my iPods and like I have an iPod Touch and all that stuff, and I you know I sync all those devices through iTunes, and then it's, I'm like, well, well, you know, if I'm doing that, I'm just gonna sync all my music, you know, through this thing, and this way it's easier. Oh, and I I have a Apple TV as well, and oh, I sync see, everything through there as well. That's so the thing. Like, like I have a a first gen iPod Touch, and that's about it. Oh yeah. So there's much less <laughs> reason for me to be like, oh my god, I have to use iTunes for everything. I end up using like the VLC player for most things. So you know. No, absolutely. Yeah. For, you mean for music also? No, no. Well, actually, I I don't mind Use- using the uh, you know the the newer Windows Media Player like the the playlist function for a lot of my music. Like, but anyway, so it'll be interesting to see um, kind of what what they do with a smaller iPad. I mean, still, even though they're smaller, yeah. they don't fit that great into pockets anymore. They're getting to that size where it's like a little oh, too Definitely large. not pockets, no. Well, or but don't worry, because purses. the iPad Mini will be out in like a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, that's, be like, nice. that's our little tech talk. <laughs> for the show, yes. Um, there's there's some games <laughs> to still talk about. Uh, actually, there's one thing I have. To, there's there's one thing I have to mention before I forget. Uh, so anyone that's listened to the show knows that I am a pretty big Quest for Glory fan. I always have been, and um, recently this week, uh, the the two creators of Quest for Glory, Laurie Laurie and Corey Cole. Um, they are teaming up with a developer called Brossom, and they are going to make a game called Hero U, and is kind of their next... I mean, they obviously can't do any more Quest for Glories, because I think that's tangled up either 
well, does Sierra even exist anymore, really? It's it's definitely owned by Activision, but um, it may okay. s- still partially be owned by Sierra. I can't tell. Um, and uh, they have a Kickstarter, which I am going to be donating money to right after this podcast is over. Uh, and I'll, I'll also post the Kickstarter URL in the show notes so anybody else interested can uh, donate money as well. It's going to be... Um, incorporating a lot of adventure game puzzles and story ideas and as well as kind of a dungeon crawl aspect so it's not it's similar in some ways to quest for glory but it's also pretty different in other ways but the good part is that uh, it should at least in theory still feel still feel the way that the quest for glory games did because uh you know you got the creators that had like a massive hand in the original games um and the other thing i love is that um, it's taking uh, the, the main character is, is like a rogue type character, like a thief. So you, you could have the chance of you know being in a thieves guild in Hero U, which <laughs> I mean anybody who really loved Quest for Glory probably I, I'm guessing here this is a totally fake number, but I'm guessing at least eighty percent of them ha, were. <laughs> that's, that's a very fake number. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like saying, <laughs> I love Firefox. 80% of you must be using Firefox. <laughs> well, okay. From people that I actually knew that, paid, that played Quest for Glory, almost all of them, with the exception of times when they're experimenting, would usually have their main character be a thief. So it's kind of cool that uh, this game is going to have you be like a thief-like character. Um, because we all know the thieves are the best. Right. <laughs> right. Right. It's true. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, so they, the Hero U uh, is on Kickstarter. I believe they're trying to raise $400,000. They just started. They still have at least 26 days or something left. So uh, donate some money. Get a, <laughs> get a cool gonna, adventure game made. Is it going to be called Hero U? So you still want to be a hero? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i wish it could wow. be i bet like they would jump on them for like a similar plot or er, not plot name. <laughs> it's gonna be called uh it still is kind of a pun i guess it's rogue hero to... hero you rogue to redemption yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see that's that way you could tell it's it's part of the laurie and cory cole games because it's still kind of cheesy sounding that's great. um so, yeah, anyway, their Kickstarter has a lot of uh, images of their backgrounds that they've done so far and kind of like some mock screens for, you know, the characters and stuff. And the funny thing is when you look at the character, he kind of does resemble like a young hero because, you know, the hero in, in Quest for Glory was like this blonde dude. This guy's a yep. bit more of a ginger, but um, <laughs> it's, that's still, it's still that is a very familiar kind of feel to them and the the backgrounds are really awesome they to me they look very reminiscent of um if you played quest for glory 4 like a lot of those kind of painted backgrounds uh not as pixelated as the older games like the vga version of quest for glory 1 or whatever but uh, it still looks really awesome so i recommend helping them out um in other kickstarter news i believe last week i mentioned 
hopefully, uh, the Wing Commander guy making uh, another sci-fi space shooter. This one's called Star Citizen. Uh, that was the actual name of the game. Uh, and it's actually, this one's already met its uh, requirement. It only needed 500,000. And uh, as of this podcast, it's got 570, oh, 572. The number just changed. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it just changed right now. I'm looking at it. Um, nice. With 25 days to go. So that's pretty awesome. So I know we may have differing opinions about Kickstarter, but you got to, or in those kind of um, cloud sourcing uh devices but you gotta admit for a lot of these games that otherwise might never be made it's really awesome to see that indication that other people like myself you know like hey we're still here we still like these games we still want to play these games um yeah uh in not so awesome news there (laughs) (laughs) uh, if you guys remember uh, last year there was the PlayStation Network uh, class action lawsuit because those hackers just got access to everybody's fucking personal information. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the federal, there's a federal judge, his name is Anthony Battaglia. Battaglia? Battaglia. Um, who's already pissing off everybody because um, he's dismissing some of the key claims of the class action lawsuit right now. Uh, there's some kind of bullshit parts of this uh, lawsuit that he's claiming where he's saying, like, for example, none of the named plaintiffs subscribe to premium PSN services. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> because I know I did. And I know my information could have been potentially stolen. Um, and basically the... The summary of this whole thing is that they're trying to make it seem like Sony is not anywhere in the wrong. That, oh, it's criminals that did it. It's not Sony's fault at all. It's totally ignoring the fact that, you know, it's Sony's service that's holding your fucking information that should be keeping this stuff safe and yeah. private. So, um, there's, there's, I don't know what, what there is to do about this situation because I'm sure there's a lot of high-powered lawyers or maybe some money-changing hands. I don't know. Uh, it's a, Battaglia offered the class an option to amend its claims for injunctive relief in violation of consumer protection law. So, of course, somebody's going to have to revisit this shit and find whatever loopholes these guys are finding and, like, sure. fix them so that they can't... They're probably finding some very specific wording and saying, like, oh, this indicates, you know, Sony's not to blame. Let's Let's just use that and stick to that um and i'm not sure who even originally wrote uh, the wording of the lawsuit so it definitely needs some adjustment but we'll see what happens there's a lot of bad stuff right now um involving consumers rights that uh, i'm not thrilled about Uh, if you guys may also know about the potential for they're trying to pass some kind of law that may prevent uh, consumers from being able to resell their own items did you hear about this uh, how, how, how? Um, it may have to do with objects or uh, merchandise that uh, was created outside of the United States. Huh. You know, Describe like... a situation. Okay, so basically, I'm trying to find this. Your right to resell your own stuff is in peril. A Supreme Court case may require you to ask for permission from copyright holders before you can resell something that you bought. Damn it. Which is scary. <laughs> How far does that extend to? So is that like movies and games? Um, let's more? see. Uh, 
Under the doctrine with it, which the Supreme Court re recognized since 1908, you can resell your stuff without worry because the copyright holder only had control over the first sale. So that's being challenged now for products that are made abroad. And if the Supreme Court upholds an appellate uh, court ruling, that would mean that the copyright holders of, of anything you own that has been made in China, Japan, or Europe, for example, would have to give you permission to sell it. <laughs> So unless <laughs> unless something's made here, which nowadays what is, uh, <laughs> that could be a massive problem. Of course, people are saying like, oh, there's always weird ways around it. Like, hey, you want to buy a tree? Uh, an iPod is included for free, <laughs> you know, or something <laughs> like that. Like maybe people will have to find weird ways around to to get their stuff sold. Yeah. Um, basically, this whole thing happened because there was this guy from Thailand. That uh, I believe he bought a shitload of books from foreign publishers and then sold them back, you know, for like a crazy profit. And somebody got mad. Um, so, uh, you know, this is kind of their reaction. Although I don't know if maybe they do or they do not realize that this is going to set a precedent for a whole shitload of things to come. I kind of wonder if, I mean, just after talking about the Apple stuff, if it could be some of these other companies that you know, want to make sure that their products aren't being uh, resold without them getting like a little slice of it, perhaps, or something. I don't know. This could really screw over eBay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how many... I'm sure everybody's used eBay at least a couple times, and it's very convenient, you know, provided yeah. you don't get a really shitty seller. Um, and this could really be problematic. Or you're going to have a lot of weird local under-the-table dealings, you know? Like, what are people going to have to resort to if they really want to sell their stuff? Yeah. People will find a way. I don't think uh, these guys really understand that most of the time. It's like, you could say this, and people will go, oh, shit, and then they'll just go like around the corner and do it anyway. So, I don't know. That That's very problematic, and that's uh, something that is very recent as well. It's just the past couple of days. So, I'm not sure how that's going to be resolved, but it's something to keep an eye on. Um, just for any reason. Not like, oh, I don't need to sell anything right now. Well, <laughs> you may someday. So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it should be your right. Um, Absolutely. Speaking of things that may be shitastic down the line, um, have you noticed that a lot of games are doing the season pass thing now? Yeah. So, What's that? Okay. So Rockstar, I, I think Rockstar is the first one to do this. So when L.A. Noir came out, and I, I was guilty of buying this because I really wanted more of the story. Um, Rockstar had a Rockstar Pass for L.A. Noir, which is essentially called a season pass as well, I think. So a season pass is is just all the fucking DLC that's going to come out in one payment. Uh -huh. So instead of you paying $10 here for this one, $10 again for another one, $10 for the next DLC, you just pay an upfront amount and then you get everything. In theory, this is great, right? Because usually you save, you know, a chunk of change because if you bought them individually, it costs a lot more. However, I don't like it because when you do a season pass, it's not like they tell you exactly upfront what those downloadable uh, stories or content is going to be. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it could be a bunch of shit. And you're yeah. like, oh, great. I just lost $25 for this. <laughs> and yeah. Or it could be something that you would normally want to skip, you know? So yeah. uh, I don't I don't like the idea that they're trying to pass this off as, like, the new accepted thing with DLC. True. 
Um, well, as long as it's not the only option, though. Right, right. I mean, hopefully it won't no. get to that point. Yeah. Um, you know, but a lot of... Just suckers. Yeah. <laughs> suckers, you got the season pass. Suckers, yeah, for me, for, for L.A. Noir. Ugh. No. Um, you know, a lot of games are already doing this. Assassin's Creed 3, I just saw a trailer for, is talking about doing it, or I guess they are doing it. Um, Borderlands 2 also had some new information about theirs. Uh Various various other companies are also doing it, so and I'm sure whatever I, I bet GTA is probably gonna GTA Five is gonna probably do that too because Rockstar started it, so why not? Um, so yeah, it's something to be wary of because if I was gonna say Mass Effect Three is an example, but a lot of their DLC was free because people were so pissed off. I didn't think they could have charged for their DLC after that whole fiasco with the day one DLC that they had. Ooh. Um, but just be be careful if you can get any information about those DLC types or, or stories or whatever beforehand. Maybe that'll help your opinion. But these guys usually aren't going to want to tell you what that is. Yeah, they're going to hope that you think that it's a boatload of stuff and that it's totally worth twenty five dollars. <laughs> which fire beware? Exactly. No, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hey, have you guys seen this? Uh, I might be. You know, I'm usually pretty you know, behind on this stuff. But uh, have you guys seen the uh, new PlayStation All-Stars trailer? No, I think it was just released this week. Oh, so. okay. Maybe. Huh? Hey, I haven't actually seen up it. on the... <laughs> Why? Is it... <laughs> it's pretty fucking awesome. It's it's uh, it's done in the same style as the Michael, tra- Michael commercial. Oh, right. Yeah, and, like, it's huge, apparently. Like, um, again, I don't mean to... Uh, um, say anything positive about IGN, which I do all the time. <laughs> but uh, IGN, they have that segment called Rewind Theater, and uh, they do a Rewind Theater on the trailer, which is super fun to watch because, uh, like, you know, whoever's directing these commercials, it's just like every every few seconds, there's like a really cool, you know, reference to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you have something as dense as you know, PlayStation, like. Battle Royale, basically. Um, you know, you, there's so much opportunity to create a commercial that's pretty much for the fans, and uh, it's. But it's it's awesome. It's in the same sort of style where it's like, even that like lady, you know, who in the uh, Michael commercial, she's like the keeper of whatever that bar is. Um, she's in it again. Oh. And she's sort of like you know like, she's sitting at her desk typing up a letter and you know the letter is written in the language of some video game like ratchet and clank or something mm-hmm. and uh like the letter you know nerds have already deciphered what the letter says and uh and then like she hears something outside so she goes outside and there's a jeep and a man in a jeep pulls up but like by his outline you can clearly see that it's nathan drake you know and uh, like, eventually you see. So, well, he are these real people, or are they like? The... It's all live action. Yeah, oh. it's like a live action trailer. And uh, like, a, you know, the woman like looks inside to like clearly like a brawl had gone down, and this there's like a janitor like sweeping stuff up, and in the stuff there's like a cake from like what's it called? You know, Fat Princess. Oh and, yeah. Uh, there's like uh, an ice cream cone, which is like a reference to what's his name, Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got like his weapon there and stuff, and so yeah, it's pretty super cool looking. So I would highly recommend checking it out mm. and uh, see if you can find all the 
super nerd references that are... Oh, believe me. I'll try to find every one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So, that's worth mentioning. I, I can't wait to see, though, how that... Uh, how it is uh, when it really comes out, like what the reviews are like, because I know right now everybody's still accusing them of being like, oh, it's the Sony Smash Brothers. Yep. Actually, some people are just calling it Sony Smash Brothers. Well, it is. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> you know, even though it's supposed to be with All Stars, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, like, I want to see how it plays. Because, you know, we've played a ton of Smash Brothers. And if, if it feels exactly like it, I'm going to be like, come on, guys, really? <laughs> Well, that's because it's like, well, that gameplay was so great. Like, what are they going to do to innovate upon it? That's going to make it stand apart, you know? That's what I want to see. Yeah. And yet be so good because I mean, like the Smash Brothers gameplay is so good that like, how do they change that, but not change it to the point that now it's no, not as fun, you know, as Smash Brothers. So um, they refine the controls a little bit. I'd be pretty happy because there's a bunch of characters that are pretty like floaty. And Smash Brothers that used to drive me nuts. Right. I'm like, uh, like I wish the controls were a bit more precise. Sure. Even when you're using the gamepad as opposed to like the Wiimote. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's maybe a, a personal preference. It's funny though, like, um, not to, you know, bl- blur the spine into movies, but uh, like, it's funny that like Smash Brothers is such a big hit, and it's sort of like everything together equals a successful product, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, like now this, you know battle royale game which hasn't come out yet but like that might be a mega a mega mega hit you know like coming out in theaters soon we have uh you know our video game movie uh wreck it ralph which is sort of like this video game amalgam of like all these characters from all these different games together in one thing and uh this is funny but like a few years ago somebody was um talking to me about how at, at dreamworks actually um sometimes Apparently, I, I don't know how often this happens, but apparently sometimes like kids will email DreamWorks. They'll like they'll like send little fan letters, but in their fan letters they'll like have suggestions for movies. And huh. you know it would be great if you guys did this. Yeah. And uh, one time, like this was a few years ago, like some kid wrote in and he was like, "What I would love to see is." A super awesome battle royale movie where all the Shrek characters and all the Madagascar characters and all of the like Kung Fu Panda characters all have to fight each other in like a super battle. <laughs> and, uh, and so like at DreamWorks, like we'll sometimes joke about that. We'll be like, we gotta do that battle royale movie where we just have everyone fight each other. What now? if they just made that a game? I mean, why not? That would be awesome. <laughs> Include How to Train Your Dragon, and you're yeah, pretty much. I mean, We'd hopefully just not exclude anything that would be the yeah. best, and just have, just in time for the guardians. And- yeah, just have have you know Jack Frost and Pitch and all those characters, yeah. you know, fighting like Barry B. Benson from B Movie. <laughs> I gotta say, like for some reason, having a game that has uh, guardians characters as fighting characters for some reason totally reminds me of Clay Fighter. Oh yeah, I don't. <laughs> Like bizarre, like fantasy kind of characters, but it's like, can they fight? Apparently, that's <laughs> Mr. Frosty's gonna Bad kill Mr. Frosty. Yeah, Taffy, all those guys. Helga is Taffy a fantasy character though? No, well, he's a, he's a stretchy guy. I think they just did Taffy <laughs> because it's like, oh, that's a really easy thing to animate because it's just like. A string guy. Well, I guess that was part of the idea, though, was with Clay Fighter, was there were, like, semi-clay-looking characters, and Taffy was, like, the only, like, straight-up, you know, made-out-of-clay dude. Yeah. <laughs> then they got really lazy. Like, they had the blob. 
Yeah, but uh, but I my, the Blob was my favorite character. I was like, the Blob is awesome. He can be a shoot. He can be a bomb. He can be all sorts of cool stuff. I guess, but it's like I find it funny that the Blob in Clay Fighter, even his shapes were really like lazily done. Like, yeah, he was a shoe, but he was like a big blob shoe. Like he wasn't really defined or anything. <laughs> you gotta get your hands on the N sixty four version where the graphics are cool. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> is is the N sixty four one the one where they had that rip off level that is actually the haunted mansion from Disneyland? Oh, I think that was in all versions, but it no, was in, right? Uh, I the Genesis one. The 60, yeah, it was in the sixty four only. So yeah. if anybody has this, I think it's Clay Fighter sixty three and a third or whatever for yeah. the sixty N sixty four. There is one level that when you play it, it looks basically. Like uh, the background of if you've ever been to Disneyland, the Haunted Mansion like elevator where it has the um, the paintings that stretch as if the the ceiling is moving up. Yeah. And you go you play that level in Clay Fighter sixty three and the third, and it's like oh that almost looks exactly the same. Plus they have this kind of music that sounds maybe just a couple yeah. notes off from the actual Haunted Mansion music. Yeah. Like how did you get away with this? Disney <laughs> would like be in your ass so fast. Like yeah. what happened? It's like satire, I guess. I get like, like it's it's a barely parody, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to yeah. explain it. Anyway, um yeah, that would be awesome. But uh I I'm actually really curious about playing the All-Stars game. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's so many characters I want to play. Like I, I don't know. There's still a bunch of rumored ones that are mixed with the actual confirmed characters. Like I don't know. Is there going to be an Assassin's Creed character? Is there is Solid Snake in that? So that he'll be in that and in Smash Brothers. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally want to get my hands on it. I'm not going to play it with like a Move controller or whatever. But uh, right. I'm sorry, Move. You didn't yeah. really do it for me. It's 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 the Wii Mote all over again, but with better graphics. That era has ended. <laughs> but now it's Wish the era of the tablet. Sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> for Absolutely. About a year, and then it'll be over. <laughs> a brief mention. Uh, you know, we're still a little ways away on this, uh, but uh, bad, the Badgero's personal Sonic the Hedgehog quest <laughs> is still in progress and is finally nearing its end. Uh, and Whoa. I think. I think when the when this thing comes to a close, I might have to do a quick recap and be like, "So, what what is it like to slam through several generations of Sonic games?" But uh, yeah, I'm in I'm in the Sonic Adventure 2 right now, and uh, it's interesting, like going through these Sonic Adventure games because it's it's a pretty significant part of the Sonic Empire that I totally missed out on. And uh, well, is it something you're realizing now that you're playing? Like, oh my God, why didn't I play this before? Or uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, I'm as much as terrible as the controls were in the first Sonic Adventure. Um, I can I can tell already that like if I had to, you know, I I would love to go through and rate the games in different uh, categories. You know, like um, st- you know, story versus gameplay versus music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, Story-wise, like Adventure One is just clearly the winner. You know, like the the story was so unbelievably amazing, and it sh- it was shocking to me. I was like, "Damn it!" By the time you got to the end of it, it's just like, "Wow!" Like every character. St- and when I first started playing the game, I'm like, "Oh my god, I have to play through like six different characters." Well, that's gonna suck. Like Sonic's story is gonna be cool, and then the rest of them will just be lame. You know, hmm. <clears throat> but but no, like it. By the time I got to the end, I was like, damn, like, every character was so well-defined, and, like, their their story was so relevant to the to the plot, you know? And um, it's got that, like I would mentioned before, it's got that sort of, like, you're seeing the same story from every angle, you know? And I thought that would get pretty old, too, but that was pretty fresh all the way to the end. And, 
I'm playing through Sonic Adventure 2 right now, and um, so I haven't finished it yet, but like so far the story is like the weakest part oh. and uh and it re- i'm like i'm so amazed like how god how can this well, it's all shadow and stuff right well no that's the thing is that actually and i was thinking about this at work the other day i was like what is going on with this game like you know the like if they had just focused on the shadow part it actually might have been cool because it's like you you start the game and there's so much potential for the game to be great. Like it has this amazing cold opening, where Sonic is a prisoner, in a in he's being transported by plane, and uh, he you know this is where the famous level comes from in the in Sonic Two, Adventure where like uh, he's being transported in this plane and then suddenly he breaks free, and he blows open the door of the plane and he's like see you suckers later and the idea is that he was mistaken for Shadow the Hedgehog, who's, like, wreaking havoc on, you know, the the nation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they think it's Sonic, and so they capture him. And, uh, and you know, he rips part of the plane off, and he uses it as a makeshift snowboard, and he spirals down into San Francisco, and he Uh-oh. is escaping. He's, like, you know, he's going down all the slanty streets of San Francisco and, like, basically trying to escape the military like the military so that big semi truck is a military truck well that's the thing is it's it's supposed to be i guess but (laughs) he just ends up looking a big moving truck or something just looks like a giant like you know yeah exactly like a moving truck or it's it's sort of nothing but like um and i was thinking about that too i was like what the hell's with this semi like it doesn't really have any bearing on anything it would it would i wish it was like a tank or something you know but uh because at the end of that level after you beat the bad guy in that level the military pretty much zeroes in on you and Sonic gets captured again, you know. Mm-hmm. But you see Shadow at the end of that level and and he's like, oh, I get it. He mistook, he mistook you for me, you know. And uh, Shadow's like, I'm going to use this emerald, you know, and and defeat the world or whatever. But <laughs> he's that's basically how he's able to go so fast is he's using the power of the emeralds. So normally and, uh, he's not as fast as Sonic then? Yeah, that's why in Shadow the Hedgehog, the game, which you know oh, nobody should play ever. Uh, he he doesn't move fast. He just has those guns, you know. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's why that that happened. But uh, but yeah, like I'm playing the game, and you know, I I played Sonic Adventure one like over quite a period of time, and the story was never um, lost. You know, it was always like very clear what's happening, and maybe part of that is because you play the same story over so many times. But in Adventure two. I'm just like I don't know what the hell is happening. Like, why am I here? Why? What is this character? Why is this character doing this? You know, and it's interesting. They sort of tried to take the dynamic from Adventure One, where it was a new thing that you could play as so many different characters. You know what I mean? Like you could play as six characters, and in the second one, they you know clearly they wanted to take a shot at doing something similar but different, and so they changed it up where now the gameplay is linear. Instead of this big nonlinear thing, mm-hmm. and uh, but each section, each part of that linear story has to be completed by a different character, you know. Um, so, like, you know, the first stage is Sonic, and then the second stage is Tails, and he, you're trying to break Sonic out of prison, and then, you know, then you have to play as Knuckles and do such and such. So, does that mean like Tails is actually faster than both Shadow and Knuckles? Because it's like he's always able to. If you think about it, with the games, he's always able to keep up with Sonic. Right. So he's actually well, pretty fucking fast. If, if that's well, the case. They, they in both adventure games, they they did a great job of um, 
of sort of bringing that aspect of the game into reality, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in, like, Sonic 2, it didn't make any sense. Where it's like, what the hell? How can he run so Even fast? when you're trying to, like, sometimes I get pissed off because it's like if you're not playing with Tails as a, as a actual second player, if it's just the computer, like, he just insanely keeps up with you. Like, oh, I must have lost him now. And then he's <laughs> He's just right there. Right there. Yeah. And, like, in Adventure 1, it was brilliant what they did, how you, you know... A lot of the gameplay as Tails, because Sonic and Tails are like hanging out during that game, you know, like they're they're pretty much never separated. But in the Sonic stages, when you're playing as Sonic, Tails isn't present, you know, mm-hmm. and so they they clear that up in the when you play Tails's you know story, where in reality he Tails was there. It's just that he's taking a different route, and the idea mm-hmm. is like it even says that when you start the game, it's like. It's like, you've got to beat Sonic to the end of this level, and the only way you can do that is to use Tails' you know, flying ability to take really cool shortcuts, you know? Um, which really opens up and expands the replay value of those stages. It's like, wow, it's exactly the same stage, but it's now from a different angle. Yeah. And they sort of squashed that in the second game, where Tails, pretty much the whole game, just rides around in this big robot mecha outfit that he built. Oh, that's all he does. He just like rides around and blows. Which maybe that was in response to it, because from what I hear, I've been talking to a lot of fans of Sonic Adventure while I've been playing these games mm-hmm. and getting their take on like you know I've been asking them like, well, what was it like when you played this for real on the Dreamcast? And um, people have been saying they're like, well, a lot of fans responded positively to the end of Sonic Adventure One where you got to play as one of Robotnik's robots. Oh, that dude, yeah, called Gamma. And uh, his story was actually like, mega fun to play because just the stages were super fun as that robot. Like you had all these awesome missiles you could use, and like you could lock onto shit and like lock onto six targets, fire, you know. And so they uh, turned tails into that basically. Exactly. They they turned his gameplay into that, and so oh, that's like, too right. bad. Yeah, it's lame because tails well, is cool by himself. I could see how like if they had Gamma and Tails and Sonic and Shadow. <laughs> That would probably be a lot more development time than the previous Sonic Adventure, yeah. right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And, and I mean, I think they wanted to take a stab at doing a a longer story, which is sort of what this one's trying to do. In mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of making it lame. It's sort of like cluttering it up. Also, they did try to incorporate that idea of like the same story from a different angle because I. Uh, this is why I'm still not done with the game, is because after you beat the game as what they call the heroes, mm-hmm. um, you then have to beat the game as the enemies. And uh, I th- I don't know if you remember the... T- I remember the TV ads when the game was coming out, and the TV ads were all like, you know, Sonic Adventure 2 coming soon to Dreamcast. Will you... What is it? It's Oh, will you save the world or conquer it? That was Oh, the- yeah. Right. And so, yeah, you get to play the game again as Shadow as Rouge and as uh, Robotnik, basically. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. That's going to be cool. To be honest, I never played the second one, so... Did you play the first one? I played a section of it. I never finished it. Like, I still have it sitting around somewhere where my Dreamcast is. But... So you never got to the real ending. There's like, no. the, there's, like, the big ending if you, like, beat the game with all the characters. It unlocks, like, a final quest. Good it's thing there's cool. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray for you too. <laughs> well, the final, the last guy of Adventure One is the. Oh, it's like the most frustrating thing ever, but uh, I'm not looking forward to when I play Generations and I have to 
beat that dude again. You know, it's like. Well, dude, I'm sure they'll make it easier. No. no? <laughs> I don't think so. Hmm. People have been saying that generations is mega hard. Well, so. yeah, actually, um, you know, they've improved a lot of the control, especially since Sonic Adventure. But yeah. definitely, okay, obviously, like traditional Sonic, like Little Sonic, his levels are the easiest because you know it's it's just side scrolly. Right. But um, I still had a surprising amount of difficulty with modern Sonic's levels because yeah. it's like I thought I got a hang on like where he was. In, in the 3D realm, and then yeah. I'd do jump, or I'd jump into, like, one of those, like, um, you know, like a pipe or something that would start you in that little scripted animation where you oh. go through here and there, like, you yeah. don't have control in those sections. Yeah. But it's like, I would always miss the jump, or, like, I'd be just a little off, and then it would kick you off to the side, and you're like, Wah. you know, like, kind of a, a, a less worse um, version of those glitches that happen in uh, the 2006 or whatever <laughs> yeah. Sonic, where it's yeah. just that thing would fling you off, you know, for doing everything absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> so just it, end up somewhere else. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not as bad in Sonic Generations, but it okay. does still happen a couple times, and you're like, God damn it! Like, because <laughs> you're really speeding along sometimes. Sometimes it feels yeah. awesome, like speed wise, and you're yeah. like, Yeah, this is great. And then you jump for like some handlebar or something, and it goes. Bleep! And you fuck huh. up, and you're like, oh. And then, uh, depending on where you die, it's not really great with the uh, checkpoint system. Oh, jeez. Because sometimes the checkpoint's like way the fuck somewhere else, uh, and yeah. you're like, really? I just have to do this entire section over again. Huh. And then other times you'll die, and it's like right near you. So it's oh, like geez. if you're just unlucky, you know. Um, no, I can't wait to see how the gameplay is like speed wise. Because I gotta say, like, you know, even as as much fun as Adventure One was. Like the Sonic levels in Adventure Two are just super awesome. Like <laughs> I'm like shocked. And and when I first started playing Adventure Two, my first instinct was like, oh my god, this one might easily end up being the best Sonic game I've ever played. And then I, you know, then I got to the knuckle stages. <laughs> the knuckle stages are the worst things well, ever. Well, there's there's definitely a sense of speed in Sonic Generations Modern yeah. Sonic. Okay. Like even little little Sonic, classic Sonic, even classic Sonic still has some decent moves, and like of course he gets the loop de loops every now and then, so you get that cool like old school blast processing kind of yeah. feel. Yeah. But like they they have a nice really kind of nice kind of motion blurry system for modern Sonic. So when you're really kicking it in high gear, it's like yeah. Whoa! especially if you're watching on like a big screen, it's cool. Yeah. So well, it, the, yeah, the the thing is, is like, and I, you know, I've already gone on way too long about this, but uh, it's like I felt like on the Sonic stages of Adventure Two is when like they hit the sweet spot of everything, where like I was like, shit, I'm like clear, and you know, because I've played some of the later Sonics before playing this, and I can see where it's like, oh, that's where they got that idea from, but it sucks, <laughs> like in the later <laughs> ones, like. One of my biggest pet peeves in the modern Sonic games is the is rail grinding and yeah and like but you know like in even in my favorite which is Sonic Colors like in Sonic Colors there's rail grinding and I'm just like I you know I could do without this this is really lame and like it isn't adding anything to the to the experience. Maybe it's easier to do because then he's clamped onto a rail and there's less like if you think about it whenever you're doing a rail grinding thing it's like a roller coaster. Like right. You don't have to worry about open world. You don't have to worry about um, a lot of level design because it's really just wherever those rails go. Yeah. So I that, would, That's uh, why I hate them. 
Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 that, that, that's totally valid. I'm just saying, oh, like, that's yeah. my guess as to why they keep putting them in there. Because you still get speed, but you get a very controlled kind of speed. So yeah, they but, probably feel like, yeah. hey, we can put these in there. <laughs> but I feel like, like, you know, I would encourage you to take a look at how they handled it in, in SA2. Because, like... In when they introduced them in this game, it's I was shocked to see like like oh they're like a real strategy part of the level where you don't have to actually use them they're just there. You oh know? yeah, and, that's pretty different than the stuff from like yeah, the later games. Exactly, like in the later games, they're a means to get from point A to point B, right. and and there's no way you're gonna miss them in the new ones where it's just like oh you can like target yourself right onto them. Right. And you you know. Once you're on them, you don't really have to care about anything. Whereas in Sonic Adventure 2, once you start grinding on these poles, like, uh, you know, you have to actually, with your controller, stay on the pole. You, have to, you can fall off the pole if you're not hmm. careful. And there's additional controls where you have to, like, crouch under stuff when you're on it. Like, you'll, you'll ride the pole under something. And, uh, and, yeah, like, and if you get on it, it's a bonus because it's like, well, you know, maybe there's a bunch of rings on there. Also, it's just more fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was tough. It was tough to get on the poles. It's like, shit, I missed it, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it's, like, super fun. I was like, damn it. Like, this is really cool. And, and there's a lot of, like, multi-dimensional gameplay going on in the Sonic levels where, like, you, you know, it's not entirely linear. You can, like, run in different directions. And, like, there's super cool parts. So they have, like, this whole jungle level, um, which is reminiscent of, like, Aquatic Ruins, mm-hmm. where you run and you run and like you you go mega fast and there's like big half pipe sections where you're like running around in circles and you, you know you it's dependent on speed like you got to go mega fast where you can fall right out of the half pipe and like there's a cool part where you have to like run mega fast and grab a vine and then the vine like spins around this giant like you know column and you have to like run up the side of this column it's super cool it's like damn like this is really cool gameplay if only the whole game was like this yeah so. well speaking of actually sonic games uh i saw a notification uh they're trying to make an, a new ios sonic game oh, but really? i don't even know why they bother calling it a sonic game have you ever played doodle jump doodle jump so basically it's just like a, a vertical kind of platformer for an ios where it's like the platforms, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, that level in um, Smash Brothers, where it's like, I think it's Smash Brothers. Shit, is it wow. where the, where the level just keeps moving up, like in a vertical thing? And sometimes if you don't keep up while you're doing it, you like you die. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> it's it's reminiscent of Ice Climbers. That was like I, I don't know if it has a forced moving screen like uh, like that, but uh, Doodle Jump basically like it moves vertically instead of being a horizontal game. It moves vertically, so you jump up and up and up. You kill stuff and you keep, keep jumping up. So they're making a Sonic iOS game that basically looks like Doodle Jump, but it's all Sonic everything. Huh. But it's like, why? There's no loops, and, and I guess you can quick jump, like. But speed wise, it doesn't really feel like you're going that fast because <laughs> you're just oh, hopping it's around. It's called Sonic Jump. Oh, That's did you crazy. just look at it? Yeah. So they kind of blatantly took that from Dual Jump. But... Ah, dude. <laughs> One step forward, two steps back. <laughs> oh man, no, no steps forward because no they steps. already had like, they already had like. Uh, 
I think episode four was released on a on one of the iOS platforms, and that that game's awesome. Uh-huh. And so it's like, well, that's cool. What's this uh, Sonic Jump nonsense? It's just, yeah, it's just they're, they're trying to expand the brand again. It's like, you guys, you know, you're kind of starting to move ahead. Now you're just tripping backwards again. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like the franchise as a whole has yeah. like gone forward a bit, but now it's sort of this. Yeah, path. it's like, you know, you did it, you did decently with Generations. Don't lose that momentum. Yeah. You, know, you, can, you can make a comeback still. <laughs> just, just keep not doing whatever that doodle jump thing is. Just yeah. Do other games. Anyway, uh, that's enough Sonic for today. Oh, <laughs> well, fun. you'll update us again once you've gotten up to uh, Generations, yes? Sure, that will be sometime in December, yes. Uh, so. um, in the meantime, I think that's our show for this week. Colin's yeah. probably asleep. And... <laughs> If you want to contact us, actually, about anything that you'd like us to discuss, or if you have any particular comments about things we did discuss, uh, we have an email address at uh, nameofgamepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to reach us via either Twitter or Facebook, we have a Facebook group, In the Name of Game, and we have a Twitter, which uh, is at In the Name of Game, where I usually post um, all of the uh, the links for the podcast. Uh, the Facebook we post a lot of our own links. You can usually tell who's posting what because <laughs> David sounds the most rational. I sound the most <laughs> middle of the road, and Colin always sounds like he's bitching about stuff. So that's Colin's <laughs> Colin's uh, posts. Um, and uh, we have our website, uh, which is in the name of game.com, where you can get our show notes and um, also any previous episodes or if you just want our episodes and don't care about anything else we're also on iTunes so you can subscribe to us that way Uh, a lot of ways to reach us Uh, if not we'll see you next week Uh, have an awesome time with your games and Colin would normally say don't get mad at video games but he's currently snoring somewhere he probably muted his mind keep playing video games without (laughs) anger (laughs) exactly (laughs) anyway we'll see you guys next week Bye bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. That was Colin. <laughs> that was Colin. <laughs> I'm Colin. I'm stupid. Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm Adam. I'm stuck at work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam. Ah. Uh, insert witty joke here. Insert witty joke. <laughs>